Hey guys, back on the podcast today. I have got Maximus McCaw uh, and I've got Joe Davis over here. So I'll let you guys say hi. Hello. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the podcast, King Cash. Always no worries, mate. Um, so you guys, you guys have listened to the podcast before. You know both of these guys. Today we're going to touch on a bit about programming, methods, sets, reps, how to train beginners, advanced, um, a bit about RPE, percentages, difference in hypertrophy, strength training, and... Um, plus a lot more. So um, we've got a few questions that come on board from online. So let's just start off, Max. Um, what's your what's some of your methods that you use for programming? Well, the, a bit of a broad question. So um, let's um, a talking in terms of how I just choose a set some reps. Yeah, let's just use uh, let's use an example for strength athletes. Yeah. Okay. So generally, when someone comes to me. I'll take a look at what they've already done, and then um, I'm basically that first program, I want some results, so I'm gonna throw something they haven't experienced before. So quite a strength athlete, they've only done sort of heavy weights, so I'll actually throw more of a metabolic stimulus at them, so like a 10 by 10 or something on upper body to get some new gains. So that's um, quite often a big one, is what have they done before, what can we change? Cool, man. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I started is I'll see where they're coming from. And obviously, they're coming to me because something isn't working and I'll throw a completely new stimulus at them to get some new results. So that's kind of my kickoff point, really. Love it, man. What about you, Joe? Um, similar approach, yeah. I sort of see where they've been, what they've done, what their best lifts are for three, five, or one rep max. Then I just decide from that information where I'm going to start. Is it going to be in a hypertrophy block, a strength hypertrophy sort of hybrid, or a strength block, depending on what they've done last? Um, typically, I like to start people in a hypertrophy block, like Max just said. Um, different variations of exercises, stuff that they've never done before, you know, snatch grip, deficit, deadlifts, and yep. stuff like that. Um, just to build a nice, solid base. I, I almost treat them as if they're it's their first time like having a proper program I guess yep. um, and then build that solid base with them see where, how they're responding to all that um, and then from there build up to the strength blocks and yeah just keep cycling through yeah yep. is that awesome, similar man. yeah yeah that's quite similar to what I do like you know usually if you're getting uh, someone who wants to hit a strength goal whether that's like a you know, double triple body weight um, squat or deadlift um, that's one of the first things you look at I suppose is you do look at uh, where their weakest points are and then you go, how can you um, make those stronger? Um, is that something, something you guys do? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I've trained um, two, two guys who've done three and a half, kilo, three and a half times bodyweight deadlifts at under 80. So two, 280 and under 80. And the first blocks were just um, like giant sets. You know, snatch grip for two reps, a conventional for um, four reps into like a glute ham, into like a back extension or something similar. Yeah, right. And just some serious volume to um, actually put some size on the whole posterior chain. Yep. That's something you're big on. You're like, those ascending type sets. You go two, four, six, eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, where'd you learn that from? Um, so I learned that from one of my mentors, Tom Hibbert, who's a um, held under 90 low world record um, before and is a really good um, lightweight strength athlete over in the UK. So he coached me for a bit, but he actually got it from Charles Poliquin. Yeah, and um, that was the training with him. Was the f- I'd actually heard of that scheme before, but I've never I've never applied it to deadlifts because I didn't think you'd actually train deadlifts that hard. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and it, but you actually you can. Um, uh, it's just really brutal. <laughs> yes, yeah, it yeah. is. It's horrible. Um, What's the recovery like? Is it like are you ready to go next week? Yeah. So what, what I'll do is the first week you'll do like five rounds. So for example. Um, let's say I've got a girl coming to me who can deadlift um, like 160. 
we might casually. Well, yeah. <laughs> say, you know, we might start really light, like a hundred, a hundred kilos, which would be a piss easy weight. Yeah. So two reps on snatch group, four conventional, six glute ham, eight back extension, but that'll really challenge their work capacity. And this is just straight after one after the other. Uh, yeah, yeah, four, four yeah, in a row. Yeah. yeah, maybe like ten second break in between. Yeah, five rounds of that, and the second week their work capacity will have increased. So we'll go to one twenty. Third week, we'll go uh, 120 for five sets and then back to three sets, maybe at 140. And then once we're kind of getting, you know, 140 for five sets of that giant set, yeah. they're getting pretty strong. And then if they can do, you know, then they start to almost hit their, um, it's such a shock to the system. Often their clients, they're almost hitting some of their previous high percentage weights. But for volume. But for snatch grip volume yeah. as a giant set. And then it's just a simple matter of peaking them out, getting them used to heavier weights, few deficits to um, get everything firing. And um, I've had, yeah, a few girls, you know, well, actually one girl will go from like basically 160 to 200 in 12 weeks on that. Yeah, it's crazy. That's massive. Yeah. And some yeah, really similar results for people, but it's... Um, just getting that work capacity. Absolutely savage. And then once you get a lot stronger, you just can't recover from it. So like it's almost too much volume. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so like um, I did use it on myself last year because I was coming back from um, testicular cancer, so I was weak as piss. Um, but I would not use that on myself now, just because I'm deadlifting over three hundred. So it just beats yeah. me up too much. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could do it maybe once a month at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I wanted to touch on in today is the difference. So like when someone is a beginner and the difference yeah. in programming, beginner, intermediate and uh, advanced, so maybe, do you want to yeah, touch yeah, on how yeah, you yeah. go through that? Yeah, so usually like, it, it, I suppose it just comes down to how much weight, um, for me I always look at how much actual weight they're lifting. Like yeah, the load. load. So, yeah. you know, regardless of how, um, where they are so much in their, um, in their training age, or where they are with whether they're male or female, yeah. it's like that total load. So if you got you know if you got a guy deadlifting one hundred, you got a female deadlifting one hundred, um, their recovery time is going to be quite similar. We've got a male deadlifting two hundred and a female deadlifting two hundred or three hundred. Yeah. That recovery time like is always going to push it because it's just so much more load on the body. Um, that's what I always, that's what I always try to look at. Yeah, well, well like um, sometimes you get these unique examples. Like um, I had this client come to me and he'd only been training for maybe six months that he could strict press 125, 120 kilos. Um, that was his first six months of training. Yes, he, 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 weighed, wow. he weighed 180, just, just, a, just, a, yeah, just okay. a massive dude, just a freak. And so with him, you know, a lot of people say, oh, every beginner, high volume straight away. Yeah, yeah. Man, this guy's 180 kilos, yeah. significant muscle mass, um, strict pressing elite weights already. Yeah. So... I'm going to give him a little bit more volume than most guys with his strength because just because he hasn't had a large training age. Yeah. So he can handle it um, because you, you just, when your training age is low, you're just not as efficient as, a, as contracting all your fibers. Yeah. But I've still got to keep it on the lower, on the quite low end, you know? In terms of volume. Yeah, in terms of volume. I think we, at, at certain points, you might even cut it back to three days a week. Yeah. I can actually remember. But um, yeah, it was, it was on the lower, lower end just because of you've got to favor that load over their training age. Yeah, exactly. Every time. And that's yeah. something I think people would be interested in knowing is that 
you know, all these things come into play to determine your total, like your maximum recoverable volume. It's yeah. like sleep, nutrition, yes. height, how far the bar travels, like all these little things life that stresses. people wouldn't, yeah, yeah. life stress, yeah. If, you, yeah. if you have an arguments with your partner all the time and yeah. um, and you're not sleeping because of those arguments. Sleep on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. you're eating McDonald's on the way to, yeah. on the way to work. Yeah, yeah. All those little chip, all those little things that people I don't think think about. Um, are going to have a massive effect on how much you can actually recover from each week. Uh, and you often get that, uh, I think you've said it to me in the past, like A-type personalities that are running massive businesses, they've got all these employees, they're sort of eating on the go, they're not really structured with their food, and then they want to come in and smash heavy weights because they're super competitive and they just want to do it day after day after day after day. Yeah. And you have to like pull those people back and go, look man, just chill out. Like, <laughs> your nervous system yeah. is like yeah. operating up here, and you know, if I go you know, five sets of three, every session you're in here, heavy, 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 and just try and add more weight each week, you're gonna burn out, crash, your tendons so are gonna snap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is just something people may not consider as, as a, a lot, is that your sleep, your nutrition, all those little mm. things come into play. And that might change. So like for yeah, now in absolutely. your life, you might be you know, um, sleeping really well, eating really well, and you can do a few extra sets a week on your heavy yeah. lifts. Yeah. Uh, and then you go through a period of time where you're building the business and you're sleeping shit and you might have to pull back on the volume. Just yeah. so you can still get get progress. Yeah, it's um it's an unfortunate thing about our society is everyone equates more work with better results. Yeah. And they just um it's a very hard concept to get people's head around is that in actual fact you need to do the optimal amount of work for where your current lifestyle. So that's the yes. that's the very yeah. first thing I'll do is when I first get a new client, I'll phone them up and I'll I'll ask them all the lifestyle factors that Joe just asked about, their sleep, nutrition. Yeah you know, work stress, relationships, just get a whole picture of what they're doing and then you factor in their body weight, their yeah. height, their training age and the loads they're lifting and then an experienced coach we can kind of just throw that into the mixing pot, you know, put it in your brain and just kind of, after you train a lot of people, you just kind of know the roughly the volume prescription to start them at. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, you can write, you can, I suppose we've all experienced this before, is mm. you can write the best program. Yeah. Like, you, you can absolutely frothing your brain over the fact that you just written this awesome program, like, you know, four days yeah. a week, heading these numbers, and you mm. freaked out for 12 weeks, like, this is where this client's going to be at. They get to week one, they're like, I did two days of that program yeah, and you're like what happened they're like oh, life happened and you're like shit yeah. alright we push back yeah. a week and then it's push back another week and so forth so when you, when you get clients like that it is it is tough because you, you just got to look at how can you adjust to suit their lifestyle because you, yeah. you, you know yourselves that life happens mm. and shit's going to happen in that client's life so you got to be able to make adjustments along the way definitely yeah well um, and then um Beyond that, you get a, you get these clients who've been thrashing themselves for years, and they've reached they had some good strength and size or fitness um, gains, and then they get you as a coach, and you're teaching them how to pull back and how to do optimal rather than maximal volume. Yeah, and they have a, such a tough time. So what I say to them is, um, look, think about it this way: you've put so much effort in that you've taught yourself to exert a huge amount of force every set. So now one of your sets is like the equivalent to three or four sets when you, you know, five, 10 years ago for yourself. That's a good so way of putting it. you've put the work in to earn the right to do a little bit less work. So just appreciate that yeah. and, and write it out. You're, yeah. not, you're not a bad person for doing exactly less sets on squats yeah. when it's getting the same result. And that's something that you see a lot. Like I remember reading a post from Australian strength coach and he said yeah. four 
um, will deload every second week when he's getting super yes. heavy. And it's just like, which is something that would be so foreign to so mm. many people, but he goes through, now I want you to talk about deloading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Max yeah. is scratching his head looking at me like, fucking deload. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about that, but and I found that really interesting because like, I program it sort of four up, one down, five up, one down, mm. um, depending on the person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was like talking about Thor deloading every second week just because his yeah. loads are so big that he mm. has to then recover and then go again for the build. But tell me what you want to tell me. Yeah, well, I mean, the interesting thing is, so, so guys like Thor, um, they'll actually have an alternating deload structure if you yeah. like, on every single lift. So if he's squatting heavy, he's deadlifting light. Yeah. But then they don't want to put a heavy log on that same week that you're deadlifting heavy. Yeah. So you have to rotate through, you know, heavy, medium, light on all three lifts when you're that strong yeah. to recover. Because, yeah, and um, it's that undulating yeah. periodization. What's, um, I mean, and same, like most of the guys in powerlifting who are in these like a thousand pound totals that you see, if they, if you bench two sixty, your your entire body is shot, and you you're not gonna have a good squat or deadlift session. Like your shoulders are probably yeah. gonna be sore, so you're gonna have battle getting under a squat bar, and your back's probably tight from arching that hard. Yeah. In a bench, so you you know your deadlift's gonna be stuffed. So they have to actually alternate all of them. Yeah. And then it's only on the day they're actually putting all that together in one in one day. So talk to me then. You said before we started the podcast you hate deloads. Well, they can't explain that. <laughs> why, why do you hate deloads? Okay, so, 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 yeah, so basically, well, training is information. Okay. Yeah. That's a. It's that's all it is. It's a signal we're telling our bodies to get a result. Um, and we often, we often, you know, we tie a lot into training. We have all these preconceived notions, and a lot of people, um, you know, get a lot of enjoyment out of training. So they kind of forget that at the end of the day. Your training doesn't matter. It's actually the results that you get out of that information. That's all it is, just input into your nervous system and your muscles mm-hmm. and your physiology to get a certain outcome. I mean, well, actually, I mean, and if you're not doing it for that reason, it's exercise, it's not training. Yeah, yeah. So training is information. So I like deloading, but I don't like, um, say, like a four and one where you're going for four and then you just have one really light week. Because training light for an entire week is telling your body that it's okay to be weak. But what do you... Let me cut in there yeah. quickly. What do you think about... So when I do a deload, it's it's like... It's not light, but it's just half the volume. I, so, I actually... I agree with that method, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. So, when, yeah, so when I talk yeah. about deloads, I'm not, okay. talking, I'm not talking about... Yep. Let's just fanny around on the skier. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, like, yeah. you're doing the same... Yeah. You're, you're sort of... So, say you're doing a strength block. Uh, you're in 70 to 85%. You yeah. might be sitting at 75% for the deload, rather than you've peaked at 85. Yeah. You go back to 75. Instead of four sets on everything, it's two sets or whatever okay, it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with and that. And then you lift heavy, but you're just focusing on technique, but allowing a bit more recovery. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's a good one. So it's, it's a volume dealer rather than intensity dealer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when when would be, like, um, for me, I think anything under 65% is too light yes. for a deload. Yeah. Um, do you guys feel the same? Yeah, about, about 70%. 70%, yeah, yeah. yeah. Depend, depends on the lift, though. Like, um, if you're going the week of a comp, you can go a bit lighter because you've accumulated all this fatigue from six to eight weeks before uh, so you can you know on that Monday you know maybe just go to 60% but 90% of the time it's 70% or above or you just um, just being a pussy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like there's some you know some people would go um, if, you, if you're if you going lighter 
there's not much point in doing that. Mm. Um, but then would it be um, more than just not training at all? Depends on the person. So like definitely a beginner, a beginner needs a lot less deloading. You know, they really need definitely. to see that just train hard, hard, hard. But um, rather than looking at deloading, I, I look at, um, you still want a high variability in volume. So if your volume is always constant, you never get a chance to um, properly adapt. So I like to yeah. always, con- like um, in my programs, I literally change volume by 60% every second week. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, huge, okay. with most, not all clients, some, some clients would be like one month blocks, most people. I'm changing it literally, so like five sets one week, then three sets, then back to five. So it's constantly changing. Yeah. And that way, um, you're getting the benefit of a huge volume shocking you metabolically, causing this hypothermia adaptation. Then that second week, you can massively ramp up the intensity. Uh, but bring the, the volume down. Bring the volume down so you still recover. And then the next week, you're back to that high volume. So yeah. I just find to get better with those... Um, uh, well, yes. So, like a lot of the reasons sort of rush, some of the Russian textbooks they talk about variability in training. Yeah. So, the direction that volume changes doesn't actually matter. So, quite often, like if you look at like a Shiko program, he'll it'll look completely random. But basically, what he's done is he's um, okay. This is in a twelve week period. You can do maybe a thousand, let's say a thousand reps on bench press. Just throwing out a number there. But I want to focus on various lifts for various weeks, and then we just basically throw that volume piece by piece throughout the twelve weeks. And it doesn't actually matter; you're going to get a similar result. So you could do four sets one week, eight sets one yeah, week, yeah, yeah, six sets, the and, next. and you'll actually get a fairly good result because you're constantly um, varying. Yeah, the the the, the better va- so long as you're you're still applying some kind of progressive overload. Mm. In a way, the higher variability, the better. Does that become difficult then to add progressive overload because you're constantly like, I suppose, yeah, you just change the percentage, the intensity. Yeah, well, that's that's why I don't the like inverse. I don't like Shiko because it yeah. does get a bit confusing. I prefer um, like a yeah the more simpler methods I use yeah. myself. But I'm applying progressive overload just on a, a slightly different structure. I'll almost um, yeah basically only push someone to the limit every kind of second week yeah. most of the time. And then that'll change as they get stronger. So yeah. the deadlift will be the first one that becomes quite taxing. So they'll we'll move it to every second week. And if they're really strong, a speed week every second week. And then the next one would be the squat. And then I haven't really had many clients that are lifting heavy enough overhead where we have to, um, you know, go heavy every second week yet. Yeah, okay. Really need to be. All right, talking about that. We're just talking about a bit of volume and for our. Um, for our listeners who don't understand what volume is, we're not talking about the dial on, you know, your headphones. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we're talking about volume. You want, you want to explain, Joe, what you what volume is to you and how you utilize that? Yeah, like so it's the total, the total sort of tonnage lifted in yeah. that session, I guess. So yeah. I think you figure it out reps, reps times sets times weight, mm. and then you get a, a number, which doesn't really mean much, but it just gives you an idea yeah. of what you're kind of accruing in terms of fatigue or lift and, and smashing that volume for that session. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we're talking about. So if you do five sets of 10 at 50, then you do five times 10 times 50, you get a kind of volume number. 
And then, you know, if you're going six, te- six sets of 10 the next week, you're going to be doing more volume. If you do four sets of 10, you're doing less volume, just to put it very simply for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's, I suppose, what we're talking about with the deload is that when you're decreasing volume, uh, it could be like, say, last week you did um, in one session, you did 10,000 or 10 ton, 10,000 kilos of load. Um, you drop that back, um, you know, 40% or 30%, that's going to be like 7,000. So you've, you've taken 3,000 kilos off that session compared to what you did last week. So yeah. central nervous system wise, you're actually giving yourself mm-hmm. a 3000 kilo rest. And volume um, is more taxing in terms of accruing fatigue than the actual intensity. So that's why it's better, is it, to half the volume? Yes, yeah, but much harder to overtrain with intensity than volume. Yeah. Unless you're um, really strong. Yeah. Or just can train really, really hard, which yeah. is both, both are fairly rare. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's like, um, you know, my opinion for a long time with deloading was most people don't train hard enough to deload. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, they don't train hard enough to earn deload. Like, unless you're like, you know, you're repping 200 kilos mm. on squats um, yeah. you know, every week or like deadlifts or, you know, yeah. pressing ridiculous amounts. Uh, like, you don't probably don't need deload. And um, that's what I wanted to go back to that with the beginners you touched <laughs> on. I used to train a lot of, well, I train a lot of beginners still, and I used yeah. to train back at the start, just literally. Every week, add a rep or add yeah, some yeah. weight, yeah. and you could do yeah. that for eight months. Yeah, and you never like you know you yeah, just keep yeah. going. You're like this is fucking <laughs> awesome, and then you get to a point and you're yeah. like, all right, I literally can't add any more weight and I can't add any more reps because I'm just getting too yeah. tired. So that's when you have to get a bit more intelligent. You do the mm. you know light heavy medium sessions, yeah. the undulating, and that's when it's you have to get a bit more intelligent with your programming. But people yeah. at the start, you know, um, beginners, that you go, all right, well. You've been training for six weeks. It's time for a deload. They're like, "What are you on about? I'm only just getting started." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so. Exactly. Um, yeah, you got to think about it in terms of who you're training. So uh, yeah. You, yeah, if you tell someone that's just started lifting after six weeks, all right, you're going to take a week doing half the amount. They, they just think you're ripping them off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like more often than not, they're not getting. Um, they won't get much out of that deload. Like, nah. Um, yeah. You, you find they probably actually go backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah um, I can't remember where I learned this from, but earlier on in my strength and conditioning um, career, I was learned about how like newbie gains is like you can go five. 10, 5 10 percent of weight creases yeah. almost every week yeah. and then you get to a point where it's like 1% half percent you know 1.5 percent yeah it's like that's the amount of progress you can make each week once mm. you get to a certain uh almost like your natural ceiling of strength yeah it does mean on the person though like i i never had the newbie gains it was always like um sort of yeah like i almost had to kind of learn how to back off quite early yeah yeah or really. i hit a wall yeah it might have been because i weren't I did mess around with weights when I was younger, but when I really got into it when I was like 18, I, could, I was already kind of... Um, you were a freak. I was already... You were a freak. If you haven't seen Max's videos, when he was like, you were like deadlifting 270 or 250 or something when you were um, 18, around then, or squatting yeah, or 40. So, 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 so I squatted, like, yeah, it was around 222 or something when I was uh, 19, 250 yeah. deadlift around then. And when I was 21, I was doing like 270 plus yeah 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 it's crazy it's crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, but it was like um like i can't i messed around with weights when i was like maybe 15 and then kind of went off did a lot of body weight stuff and then i kind of came back to it when i was 18 and then the first squat workout i did 105 reps i was like oh that was pretty easy yeah and then, um, <laughs> just came yeah. and then deadlifted you know sort of 120 for a few reps and i was like oh that's, that's pretty easy and then sort of added weight to that and then pretty soon i was like hitting a wall yeah so it's like okay let's do, let's do a how squat. long were you stuck on 270 around that 270 280 mark on your deadlift 
Oh, actually, well, that that was a that was a, well. Tommy got to then that was a serious plateau. Yeah, because yeah, I that lasted a couple of years, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, back 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 on in the two seventy range, um, the two getting to two fifty two seventy, I stopped deadlifting because I didn't understand backing off yeah okay. properly yeah. and deloading. Um, so I, I never really understood that. So I just kind of I hit a wall and then just keep training hard and eventually kind of break through yeah. <laughs> or break something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that back at the start, and I used to just and I used to do it with some of my clients as well. And we'd be like, "All right, more weight, like every week, more yeah, weight, yeah, yeah. more weight." And then you'd be like, "Fuck, my hip, <laughs> like my hip's gone or yeah, something." Yeah. And then you, all right, two weeks off. All right, let's go. More weight, more weight, yeah, more yeah, weight. Yeah. And you're just trying to go on this linear progression to like infinite strength. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, just going back to general pop, um, when I was training general population clients, I found um, de- planned deloads weren't great because they get deloaded by life. Yeah. Their kids get sick, they have three days off training, yeah. you know, yeah, something like that happens. So it's better That's just true. to be consistent, not overwhelm their recovery abilities. Yeah. But then um, just be prepared. When they, The guys I got the best results with was um, when, if they came in, they're like, you know, I'm a little bit underweather today. I just back off the, the volume 60%, but keep, keep pushing them. And then the next session, they'd be nice and recovered and ready to go. Yeah. And that was that was the best time, was just push them really hard, but then having the flexibility with the volume and then just trying to get the consistency going rather than just planning a full deload because deloads are just going to happen. Oh, yeah. life. I, I think yeah. that is probably the key word you said there for mm-hmm. any um, aspiring coach, strength and conditioning coaches yeah. or personal trainers that want to take a strength route with clients yeah. is flexibility. Yes. Um, both both literally mm-hmm. and, um, you know, yeah. in the, in the um, yeah. world of life as well. Is, yeah. You know, you got to be flexible in the way you program. Mm-hmm. You got to understand where to, um, you know, where to back off, where to make changes. Yeah. Like, almost be like, you know, like Bruce Lee would say, be like water. Just, yeah. 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 yeah, that's great. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, yeah, it's a prime good. example. I've just had a new client come on board. She's doing really well. We got into week four of her program. Now she's away on a holiday for a week. And like, yeah. it's like, well, there's no need to deload at the end of this block because you've just gone away for a week. So exactly. when you come back, yeah. Yeah. eight weeks of building is. again. Like, so yeah, yeah. yeah just being flexible and not going, you can't go on holiday. <laughs> you've got yeah. one more week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if they're more beginner, you can load them up a bit before a holiday. Yeah, you know, get some volume, get some more yeah, out of them. Um, yeah, but if they're a bit more advanced, you just they're probably just going to benefit from that rest. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys tried double day training before? Uh, yeah. Well, I've done I've done triple day training. Yeah, quite yeah, quite so, a bit. So yeah, I've done that. Um, yeah. wrote my own variation of that. Um, I can't remember. It was, it was Charles Polk and I think it's called an overload method or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right? su- uh, the super overload, super um, accumulation, super accumulation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wrote a program like that where you do three workouts a day. Um, you do like you do uh, you do like a lower body, upper body, and you do like another um, upper and lower body. Mm. And you take every single set you do to failure, <laughs> and you do this for um, I think it's like four or five days straight, and then you just rest for a whole week. You just mm. literally do nothing. Really? Um, it is. It was probably one of the most fun things I ever did. But, um, <laughs> How long are the sessions? Uh, usually, I think 20 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, right. Um, and you what, per session? 
Yeah, yeah. per session. Yeah. yeah, so you're training. So you're at the gym for three hours a day. Yes, <laughs> that's not including warm-ups. Yeah. Warm-up, time it takes to vomit yeah. up. And then you got a week sitting on the couch. Oh, I think it was like, you do like yeah. you know, six sets of squats and you you're in the rep ranges, I think, because it starts off, the morning session is like low reps, mm. afternoon session is like moderate reps, and the um, later session, the evening session is like high reps, I think is how yeah, it went. Yeah, you start with a neural continuum and shift to metabolic. Yes, that's that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that was um, like, you know, you're squatting in the morning. You're yeah. squatting every single day. So it's um, like heavier loads in the morning. And you go every set of failure. So you can't re-wrap the weight. It has to be failed at the bottom. It has to be like, you know, yeah. absolute. <laughs> it's like, that's that's the rules of the program. Yeah. And um, actually, I ran that for a client um, as well. And I think he put on like 10, over that week, we, you know, we tested his deadlift from the beginning to that program yeah. and rested. 10 kilos up on his deadlift and yep. 5 kilos of lean muscle up because your body's so depleted yeah. um, and then you just get to eat, you just, you just eat and eat and eat yeah. um, so that was, that was actually that was a really cool program so how does that work in the world of say powerlifting programming so what you're doing your squats your bench and then some mix on the same day and then the next day you're doing your deadlifts some upper body like is it just back to back to back it's a little bit more it's a little bit more suited to body you could do it in an off season Oh, it would be more yeah, of a yeah. bodybuilding yeah. I, I, I did do it for um, kind of strongman version at some point. It, a slightly different one that um, he called the hypertrophy boot camp. Yeah. Where you basically do like a body part, like a bro split, but three times a day. Yeah, okay. So I do a main lift in the morning and then basically two hypertrophy workouts. And on the, that same body part? On that same body part, yeah. For that day? Yeah, so you'd split it up. You, you, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't do like... Yeah, you'd split it up over the week, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a very extreme method. So that, like, there was a whole arm day, for example. Yeah, yeah. right. On the last day. Yeah, it's like, it's a sort of method that you wouldn't be able to give a normal person because normal people don't have that much time in the day um, to train. Well, I mean, that, that time I just got sick, so I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> But, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you who it would suit is like a FIFO. Exactly. You know, you got yeah. two weeks here to do that and then you go Hammer. away for two weeks and just eat. Quite <laughs> possibly. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, that's a good point. Let's yeah. go to some other methods, guys. Joe, what's, mm. what's some common methods do you like to use for strength and conditioning on your clients? Um, so I wanted to touch on this as well, like percentage programming, RPE programming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> another, another one of Max's yeah. things. So I, I um, personally for me, I actually like percentage-based programming. I know people uh, steer away from it now yeah. and it's like not very cool and it's all too structured, but for me personally, so like the stuff that you're talking about, I'm like, nah, I'm out. I don't want to do that shit. Yeah, yeah. Because to be honest, I'm, I'm not a lazy trainer. I'm just yep. not that obsessed or, you know, I don't want to be in the gym three times a day. I don't want to do all these extreme things. So percentage training actually makes me train harder because I just bump my percentages up to a point where I feel slightly uncomfortable going there. Yeah. Um, and then it actually pushes me. Otherwise, if I'm just going on like RPE and stuff, I'm more of the back off cautious tr- kind of lift up okay, does that, that make sense, sense. Yeah, so, so if you've got like a meathead trainer that just wants yeah. more 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 and they're going RPE base and you're looking at them going that looks like a 10 and they go no it's a 4 fuck yeah. off <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like that, you gotta pull yeah, those yeah. 10 second like, contraction <laughs> coming up on the squat like, 10 seconds racks it that was a 4 mate <laughs> whereas I'm more yeah. of I think just the way I've come into training I've come from rehab I've come from massage yeah. and all that stuff I'm just a bit more of like a cautious trainer yeah. so I, and you know and that's when I've trained with you I've actually gone beyond my limits because you've been in the background yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice remember Make, making yeah. me sniff some yeah. weird shit <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll take a sniff of this. I'm yeah. gonna yell at you, and I'm yeah. like, "Fuck, all right." The deadlifts are like. I remember Joe came into the gym once. He's like, "Oh, I've got a, I've got a six. Uh, I think it was a six by six at one ninety 
27.5. <laughs> oh I was like, go home. I was like, go yeah, home. Cash was like, it's 200. Or yeah. 200 kilos yeah. in the bar. <laughs> so well, going back to the original thing is that I quite like percentage base for me because it just pushes me up a bit from what I would naturally go. Mm. Um, you know, but then some clients I'll, I'll use, I'll just say like four sets at, uh, especially in like hypertrophy blocks, four sets, um, you know, seven to eight reps in reserve, um, mm. you know, that kind of, uh, yeah. sorry, one to two reps in reserve yeah. or seven to eight RPE. Yeah. And then that, and then they just go within a rep range. Yeah. You know, it might be, they might stop at 16 reps and then mm. 10 and then eight, you know, depending yeah. on See, what weight they use. For longevity, I like that. Because, you know, that, that puts you in a position where you can make very small amounts of progress over a very long period of time. Yeah. Um, you know, over, if you look at it like a, a lifestyle type thing, like lifestyle type training. Yeah. yeah. And you'll just sort of auto-regulate. And today I've got my, like for a female, I've got my period, I feel shit. Um, you know, my my RP is going to be a bit lower. So yeah. I'm just going to take it a bit easier. But it still feels like an eight to me, RPE. Um, because you know they feel shit that day but then the next week they might feel good and then they can ramp it up and, and hit a higher eight in terms of weight or um, but yeah so what's your opinion on those sorts of methods oh, on RPE um, yeah so I don't, I don't I use it as a tool like sometimes if I'm not sure of a, cl- um, a client you know I give them a certain new exercise they haven't done before yeah and I really I'll just be guessing if I gave a weight I'd be like okay let's aim for like a 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 um, but I just um, I don't like it all the time just because it in in my experience just kind of sucks the fun out of training. Yeah, I just like to kind of let's have these numbers, let's rest and recover and and hit them. So you would program a weight for every exercise for the client. Yes, the yeah, numbers. I tell them the exact weight. Um, yeah, yeah. I will use percentage to kind of guide me. Yeah. So if I'm not sure where to start, I'll be like, okay, what's seventy percent their max? Then I'll always pick a weight that sounds fun. Yeah. Okay. So it's. Sounds a little bit ridiculous, but I'd never pick one of these 7.5 yeah. because 200 sounds psychologically. <laughs> psychologically just that much more enjoyable, and yeah. that's going to yeah. lead to better gains over time. And yeah, they can just they can probably yeah. get you can just add that on; it's no extra cost. And really. yeah. yeah, most importantly, it gets more likes on Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll always round up or down to something more enjoyable. Yeah. I'll, I'll almost never use a 1.25. Yeah. Except in you know maybe like a bicep curl like or not really I just I'll just I'll just round I'll just round up your ten basically. <laughs> What's your approach? My approach is yeah exactly that I, I like to choose numbers like actually two ways to look at it so yeah exactly like Max like part of me goes cool this number looks cool I want them to do this yes but if I write in a percentage and I'm working back I'm like right okay so there might be a point um, for a paladin who's um you know on their on their first and second attempts where they're going to do like. 247.5 yeah, as a way to build up to you know 260 mm. um so dropping back to soon so i'll try to keep that similar type method in about six weeks out or six weeks through yeah. um for that i'll just choose some pretty cool numbers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so you just get a range and then go that number is the best one usually, yeah usually I'll, I'll take the max where the max is yeah, and I'll yeah. go, you know um you know it could be six weeks out it could be 70 percent of that 
next week 75% and that you know might be 0.5 here 0.5 there yeah, yeah. and I'll get them to try to keep as strict to that as possible all the way through until they're peaking for their comp but that's more so I suppose for um, for people with a competition I yeah. think that's where the difference comes in like with the lifestyle type training yeah. to when you're trying to peak competitors for competitions is you, you're, you kind of have to be a bit strict on that type of um, programming um, if they aim for certain numbers in the competition yeah. yep. whereas like I suppose for strongman in a way yeah. it's like the numbers are so all over the place like the amount of reps you got to do in a way it's like well there is a set number but I mean it's not like it just keeps going for infinity if that makes sense yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um at the end of the day it's just about like what what's more enjoyable. So Yeah. It's um yeah, like a client will come to me if their push press is around, you know, maybe it's anywhere from um you know, 90, 95 to one oh five, I'd be like, oh, it's around hundred. Yeah. Let's go <laughs> let's go sixty kilos ten by ten. Yeah. You okay. know? Because fifty, you know, two point five. No, no. We're just gonna get that one plate and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna hammer that. And yeah. then we'll progress from there. Just as an example. Of yeah, so we, uh, probably that's the thing for more for like the A-type personalities. Yeah. It's like, you know, like we, we like colours. And we like, yeah, exactly. We like, we like the plates. And yeah, it's like, yeah. it looks really cool. Yeah. Put the big ones on. Like, Put the big ones I mean, on. <laughs> yeah, it's good to touch on personality because some people need those little jumps to feel safe. Yes, you know? 100%. Um, like I've got, I've had a lot of clients, you know, I've had, some had clients and they're, you know, I've got like massive jumps in weight and um, I've had to learn that not everyone um, feels safe jumping 40 kilos per Chucking set. another blue. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Some people, and I, f- I found that yeah. with uh, one of my female clients lately, mm. is that she works better going um, with a deadlift going up to, uh, five kilos a side until yeah. it gets to about what looks like an eight out of 10 mm. and then going 2.5 kilos yeah, a side. Yeah, and like for for someone my size that wouldn't work because I'd burn out so if yeah. I went let's say use bench press for example um, this is a good one for Max is yeah. I did my bench press and I pressed 180 and I was like fuck yeah I'll go 185 and Max is like well hang on you've only got so many yeah. good lifts in you and yeah. the strength so let's go 190 190 mm-hmm. I was like should we go 195 so I'm like fuck that go 200 yeah. punch out 200 yes. so that would work that way works for someone who's a lot stronger yeah. where someone who's not as strong or not using as much weight you can sacrifice going those smaller jumps because it's not exactly. so taxing on their central nervous system yeah. yeah that's true Yeah, and it's all relative to their body weight and size as well so yes. you know it's 5 kilos to a 50 kilo person yeah. is a lot more weight than 5 exactly. kilos yeah. to 126 yeah. kilo yeah. person yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you're a 50 kilo yeah. person you go from you know 40 to 50 you just went from you know that's a massive jump 80% to 100% yeah. Yeah, a 20% yeah. jump and a weight yeah. increase yeah. but um, there is an element of fear and um, I didn't used to do those big jumps it did take me a while to build up you know, because initially, um, especially on exercises like squats, it can be quite scary, you know, going from like, you know, 220 to 240 to 260. Oh, love it. Uh, you know? Oh, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but now, yeah. but now um, I'm a bit more experienced and I've done that a few times. I'm not, I'm not worried at all. Yeah. You know? Um, there's, some, there's some cool methods um, uh, we've both used in the past. Yeah. Uh, like the walkouts, for example. I'm sure yes. you like the holds. Yeah. You've done that before where you like yep. lift out a weight yeah, and you hold it. hold it. Yeah, yeah. So mm. like using that as like a, um, to conquer that fear. Because a lot of the time, mm. hopping under a weight that A, you may have done once before or yeah. twice or, or two you've never done before um, does like, it just puts doubt in your mind. Mm. As soon as you've got doubt under heavy weight, that's usually how you're going to get injured. Yeah. So if yeah. you, let's say for example, uh, use the squat as an example, is let's say your max is 200 um, and you're going, 
going for 210 yeah what you could do is you could slap 230 or 240 on there mm. and set up some safety pins and just pick it up and hold it yeah feel that weight and feel comfortable mm. with that weight rack it because then when you go for your 210 you pick it up you're like holy shit that's not as bad exactly um, it's, it's a massive it. psychological yeah. part yes. to obviously getting stronger and like, yeah. obviously this is nothing new but mm. um i've done that in the past where you know you're you're going for four sets of five at 220 on the squat or something. And like as I'm unracking it, I'm like, come on, man, you've squatted 230 or whatever before. Like, this is nothing, this is nothing. You have to talk yourself through that. Yeah. So um, that's, and that's what exactly what you're sort of doing is you're going, well, I've held 240, yeah. and now I've got to go for my one rep max at 210. Yeah. Like, this is nothing. Like, and, and you're kind of just getting past that barrier. Mm. Um, I actually like one of Max's methods he used for overhead press. Yeah. So you did the top lockouts, I think at like 200 and... So, oh, I can't remember. It was just ridiculous amount of weights. Yeah. But top top rack lockouts, like yep. standing up with a weight that's mm-hmm. um, up to sixty percent more, or is it hundred percent? Yeah, it depends on the person. So yeah. for for me, it's actually um, not as high as it should be, just because of some shoulder flexibility issues. So I actually really battle getting that overload in the lockout. But um, what worked better was overloading the front rack. So mm. like I put yes. four hundred kilos <laughs> on the bar and pick it off the rack, and then take off the weight and do a push press. And, and I'd get a PR. 400 kilos in the front rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um... I, 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 there's a video of Max doing it on Instagram. Yeah. There's also a video of him passing out with yeah. 300 plus kilos uh, yeah, on the I, bar. I, 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 what? Um, flipping the weights off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it with the safeties once. And bla- and bl- so, I blacked out doing it a few times. Squatting or... No, no, like, just, 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 just lifting up. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite easy to black out, so you've got to have the safeties in. Yeah, so, yeah, like, like, like I was saying, this <laughs> is like a whole new world. <laughs> um, but it's so worth it. Um, so <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Wake up, crack your head open, you're bleeding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you, 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 you push press by five kilos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, um, there's a, there's a video from the security camera at Revo where I did it with 260, blacked out, missed a rack, and all the plates fell off. And I reloaded it and did it again, and then did my push press after and finished the workout. Um, Were you training alone? There's yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. in the gym. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? Did it just fall on the floor? No, no. So what happened was I, I did it without... Not on the rack, just off the, the J-hooks. Oh, yeah. And um, picked up 260... Walked it out, did a few dips, and went to go back, and I started to black out as I was walking back, and then I missed one side of the rack, and of course the bar flipped. Um, Did you collapse? No, I just kind of like stumbled a bit. Oh, you were just like... his head. There's just a, in the video, like all the plates are flipped on the ground. Max just standing, scratching his head, looking yeah. at. It. He like turns around and looks, and then he like yeah. walks away so, from the rack and walks back. And l- learn the lesson. You have to do do it on the safeties, not yeah. off the yeah. pins. Hundred percent. I think um, that's a big thing, confidence wise, is for any type of squat movement where you're going heavy, use the safety pins. Um, if you don't have yeah. spotters, like yeah, you're not always blessed with having yeah. you know a spotter each side, front, back, and someone to help core depth or whatever. So use your safety pins. But the, I mean, the thing about those methods, they're not only psychological; they're also physiological. They've got um, post-tetanic facilitation, so they can post what post-tetanic facilitation. <laughs> I think it's satanic. So post-tetanic facilitation. So basically. Um, like there's muscle tetanus, which is a extreme muscle contraction. Yeah. Okay. Where there's actually um, uh, the waveform of the muscle, um, you actually get this like that shaking. 
So that's muscle tetanus when you're literally a max lift and you're getting that yeah, yeah, uncontrollable yeah. shaking. It's muscle tetanus where... Um, overload the central nervous system? Or? Uh, it does overload the central nervous system, but basically, essentially, um, it's such a maximal contraction that it's actually kind of misfiring a little bit and causing that shaking. Anyway, if you have a tetanic contraction and then rest um, a significant, so five to ten minutes, a subsequent muscle contraction will actually be a lot greater. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you've got more neurons firing in that, in that one. Yeah, area. yeah, more, yeah. more units, more neuron. Everything is firing more. Yeah, so if you hit, you know, pick up that 400 kilo front rack, your entire body is shaking, rest five, 10 minutes, everything is gonna be firing like crazy for a push press. And I suppose you get that adrenaline as well, like everything that comes with it. A- absolutely, yeah, yeah, because- yeah. um, You yeah. pretty much just got a mental, physical hard on. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, um, I'd love to keep doing that method. Um, it was just, um, I couldn't fit any more plates on the, on the bar, so. <laughs> Max like, likes to use bumpers, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> it looks better on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll have to try to get at some point with the yoke. Um, the, though the only thing I found was it was again it was like that um, issue with um, where one lift will interfere with another lift mm. when you pick up 400 kilos it's quite taxing on your back so you, it's, it impacts your squat and deadlift that yeah. week okay yeah um, but yeah. it is an awesome method so definitely I have gone away from it a little bit but it's definitely something I'll revisit and that's something that's really got some crazy results with clients. You've done a few posts on that, haven't you? Is that, um, how's your website, is your website up and running? No, not yet. Okay, yeah, yeah but um, yeah. I'm we'll, sure you'll have some articles up oh, there definitely, about yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. that's, uh, do, you, do you call that partial method or partial changes? What's that, so oh, what's that? Well, well just, um, uh, I'd call it like a contrast method. Contrast or, method, or yeah. Or a post-botanic facilitation post-botanic. kind of method. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, cool. but um, essentially it's a, yeah, contrast method, I guess you could say, yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, what's some other methods you like to use, Jay? Uh, I don't know. I'm still thinking about what? satanic contracts. Let's go back to sets and reps. Um, so, Joe, how do you choose like some sets and reps for strength, for example? Yeah, so based off the... Wow, it's a similar... What was that chart you showed us so, at the start? Um, that's a Prelibans chart. Yeah, so I had I read a different book which had a similar chart, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it gives you that sort of optimal range for hypertrophy strength. Yeah. And I just made like a strength hypertrophy hybrid. So, yeah. But I didn't know where it came from. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So I just go off that, like, uh, you know, hypertrophy, I'm sort of in that... 8 to 15 area but yeah. I'll use our reps and reserve or RPE as well to, to guide that yeah. Um, but yeah that is in that sort of 60 to 75% um, then moving into strength hypertrophy it's that sort of you know 5 to 8 reps with uh, you know why, why are you smoking that? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. But tell, tell me about your chart because I know I know what you want to tell this me. This is good. This is good. <laughs> um, tell me where all that came from. All that information. Well, the, the, yeah. So um, just a little bit before podcast, we we're talking about Pelvin's chart. Yeah. Which I was I was shocked that these guys had never heard of. <laughs> but um, uh, I got my first bit of it from the uh, Polican Principles. Um, yeah. Well, it, here's a few similar charts. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. one. You know, the rep range of like mm. it just it, was, it made it quite basic. It was like, you know, the, the more uh, reps you're doing, the less sets you're doing. Yeah. The more, um, the less reps you're doing, the more sets you're doing. So mm. it just, you just run along that chart. Yeah, you have that inverse relationship between sets yeah. and reps. Yeah. Like, so, yeah so if you're doing one set of 100, you only need one set. 
if you're doing sets of two, you might need a few more sets. Exactly. To get your training yeah, yeah. effect. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Especially for hypertrophy. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got to crew that you know, total time and attention. The only thing I don't like about those type of charts is it doesn't specify the time under tension. Mm. So like if you look at let's go back to something probably a bit more relatable for people who don't lift. Yeah. Um, yeah. so sprinting. Like yeah. that's usually ten tends to be under a twenty second mark of like yeah. maximal mm. exertion for the body's like done yeah um or up to you know 30 seconds but the most you're going to get out of it is that 10 second mark of max exertion of muscle contraction um uh so if you look at it like that that would be like your lower rep ranges Mm. um and but the thing is you could do um you could do 10 reps in 10 seconds if you're not controlling the movement yeah so that's where it comes into a variable so Mm. where if you go all right you add tempo and you do 10 reps over 45 seconds you're gonna have a much better result for hypertrophy than you would if you did 10 reps in 10 seconds so that's that's another way yeah yeah definitely yeah if if higher time and attention less sets yes required yeah get a good effect yeah because you're stressing that muscle for longer per set yeah 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 but um yeah so what was the foundation of this so okay so prelopin's chart um, Which was, me and Cash knew nothing yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the, I'm pretty sure it was in the 50s, there was a Soviet weightlifting coach called yeah. um, Prelibin, and he analysed a series of training logs from the best weightlifters, and he looked at what's the, the common rep, set and rep schemes that create success. And then he came up with this chart, so where it's got a list of percentages, and how many reps per set you should do, optimal volume and then the range of volume so it's just a good tool sometimes if you're getting a bit lost with a program mm. you can go back to the chart and bear in mind it's, oh, this is only for the main lift so yeah your accessories you'll program a little bit differently but for yes. the main lift it's a good way to keep you on track mm. and stop you doing stupid things like programming too much volume or too little volume yeah essentially um so just a good little middle ground and um you don't have especially if you're an experienced coach you would have kind of created that own chart for yourself, even yeah. if it's a little bit subconscious, because you just know what works. And a lot of good coaches will kind of have their own version of it in some way, shape, or form. See, because that's what I've got on my computer. So I created a spreadsheet, right? Yeah. Um, that was, it basically has like uh, all these things in it. So it's like sleep, nutrition, yeah. life, lifestyle stress, uh, yeah. training age, height, body weight, mm. uh, lifting experience, all these things. Yeah. And it came from Mike Isretail and yeah, Chad, Chad Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then yeah. in that, it says like, if you're doing a hypertrophy block, the optimal range mm. for, or average range for maximum recoverable volume or minimum effective yep. volume is this, between mm. this and this. And then I put everyone some, like, so if someone comes up to me and they want actual powerlifting coaching, I'll put all their details in there. For a general population yeah. person, I don't need to so much. So it's like, all right, they're a five foot five female, you know, 60 kilos, blah, 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 sleep shit, nutrition yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, so then it gives me an, a sort of gauge then, all right, they're in a hypertrophy block, you know, maximum recoverable volume is uh, maybe 21 sets per week. Yeah. Minimum effective is 11. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll put, I'll put, I'll just, you know, it's like that coach's intuition. Yeah. I'm going to go for 18 and just see how she responds on the squat, for example, 18 mm. sets per week. Yeah. Um, and she's in a hypertrophy block. So we'll go, you know, uh, 10 to, 15 reps uh, at, and I'll just pick percentages. So there's no like real method. So I'm like, I look at all of that and I go, well, she's an absolute beginner. Let's go, you know, 60 to 70% and just build slowly over the, over six weeks doing that. You know, or if she's quite experienced, you know, 65 to 75%. 
Um, so it's just like, like you say, it's, it's a combination of charts and graphs and all this science yeah. with intuition. And then you yes. put that blend into the program and you're like, well, that fucking worked really well. Yeah. Or I drastically overestimated <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are they dying in week two? And then and once you blend all that in and then you're watching their feedback and their technique and stuff through their, um, you know, you get their feedback from the program, how you go in each week and you're watching their videos and you're seeing the speed of their lifts and stuff. You're like, yeah, this is working really well. Or mm. hold on a minute, they keep pulling up too sore. They're not ready for the next yeah. session. Let's pull it back a bit. So uh, yeah, I don't think there's, I think what happens is people go into coaching going, what's the formula that yeah. gets the result? Yes. And there isn't one. And it's just kind of like, you, 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 pick, you pick all these little bits up along the way. You know, now I'm thinking, yeah. after just having this chat, all right, I'm gonna put some people on 10 by 10 yeah. and make them vomit. <laughs> so, because this, this is what these guys yeah, seem to be yeah, doing. Yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't used that method uh, in the that, past. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome thing is 10 by 10 can be used really well for strength too. Mm. And like it, originally it comes from uh, German volume training for yeah. increasing overall size, um, more so than just strength. But yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. you were gonna say? Uh, well, I was gonna say um, the, um, where Charles Paul got it from was the German weightlifting team using it to get their weightlifters to move a weight class. Yep. They do it on squats to put on the size to move up to the next weight class. Yeah, right. It takes a big jump in lean mass. Yeah, yeah, because so, like, um, not only are you you know you're doing a hundred reps of weight that you can probably max out just for one set of ten. Um, yeah, it's just it puts phenomenal load on the body. But then the um, what I like to use is uh, this deep water variation of it. We start with a ten by ten, oh, horrible, and then, <laughs> and then you reduce the number of sets. So oh, as the weeks go on, yeah, as the weeks go on, but the weight goes up. No, 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 it's the same weight. Every oh, okay. Week. Total but, amount of reps. Um, so there's a, there's a progression. So ten by ten, then you'll repeat it, reduce the rest periods, then you go like um. 6 by 15, 1 by 10, then 5 by 17, 1 by 15, and then work up to 5 by 20 and sometimes 4 by 25. That's the same oh, so way. The same, way. same number of reps, yeah. but the sets are just... Yeah, but, and some, but some of us are dragging out, like, not many people you can linearly increase yeah. every single week, reducing the sets, but some of us will back them off, so I'll repeat a week, so they kind of adapt to it, and then we'll reduce it further, and we'll repeat that week, and then yeah. over eight weeks, they've gone from 10 by 10 to 5 by 20. Yeah. And that has to make them increase in size, yeah, basically. Yeah. Like the method I use that really well for, and there's only a couple of clients I've used it, and mm. it's just you know worked amazingly for, yeah. is very slow twitch muscle fiber type people. Yeah. So people who have yes. previously done triathlons or mm. long distance runners or cyclists. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. people like that just don't respond from doing you know five sets of six to eight. Yeah. Where they respond from doing 10 sets of 10, then four weeks later doing five sets of 20 at the same weight. Mm. Like that. Yeah. Their body's used to that amount of taxing load, but just mm. obviously not that percentage. So when you give them a weight resistance, that type of set at a much higher percentage yeah. your body's actually used to working that and they can actually make great progress off that mm. whereas someone who's probably more of a, a sprinter or um, a fast muscle uh, fast twitch muscle fiber yeah. type personality or body um, they they die from that type of training yeah absolutely. just accrue too much damage yeah it's not their body's not yeah. used to being able to pump yeah. out that much for so long so again it could be something that you could use for conditioning but more often than not um, it doesn't work and these are like we've said at the start this is like a very specialized like so, yeah. this for, for your average person that wants to come in train yeah. three times a week and lose some body weight mm. that's you know I, there was something I heard before 10 by 10 is 6 sets too many it's like for, for your general population <laughs> yeah, okay. like they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they don't exactly. really need yeah. yes. um, so, it's but, boring 
It's bloody boring. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. And again, going back to like, I probably wouldn't enjoy that myself. So then yeah. I go, well, will I pull it on people? But um, you know, it's something I've just got to try, I guess, and and see. Because yeah. then, what what's the rest of the session? Is that the session? Is you, that the session? Like, <laughs> so you go ten by ten on squats, yeah. all right? I'm going home because that's in three like, hours. Usually, <laughs> like, like you'd still look at total sets. So you've done yeah. ten sets, and let's say you're doing sixteen or um, you know, twenty four sets in a session. You've still got fourteen sets that you can still do oh. accessories. So yeah. yeah, that's that's the way. That you're like, or maybe you just do yeah, one yeah, set. Yeah, so yeah, still, yeah. It's still um, yeah, seven sets over. When I've given it to strength and done it myself, it's basically just the main lift and then some accessories. Some so like accessories, yeah. um, mobility or like yeah. Um, like, well, well, like, like I've done it on, I'm mainly doing it overhead pressing because not many strength athletes can handle it on lower body. Yeah. Because they just, um, they're just lifting too much. Lifting too much, so they're going to burn out. I mean, a few people can. I had, um, I tried this guy, um, Mark Thomas, who won the um, Arnold Classic under 80, um, and he set some New Zealand records in log and, log press and deadlift. And then he actually, he did also went to World's Strongest Man under 80, he came 13th. So it was pretty good, um, and he definitely, if he kept it up, he could have, I reckon he could have got World's Strongest Man at 80, but shifted some different goals. Now he's run, doing triathlon, now he's doing like, um, he's run a marathon. Um, wow. Did some, yeah, like, yeah. that's a good example of mm. the, type of, uh, yeah. the type of person that can exactly. benefit from those exactly. type of programs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, I mean, he's almost made the CrossFit Games before. Um, he's, he's uh, you know. Pl- so he's got a lot of endurance. A lot, lot of endurance, yeah. yeah. Um, and think now he's he's trying to train for to run a marathon, deadlift real body weight and bench double body weight in the same week. Wow! <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, like for any normal human, that would create yeah. a lot of conflict. But, but like training for the Arnold Classic, which is sort of um, in Australia, New Zealand, that's the biggest um, comp for lightweights, which he um, won in a really stacked lineup that year. We were doing stuff like ten sets of ten on stones every second week. Wow. <laughs> you know, just crazy shit. Yeah. And then um, there was a, a repetition, uh, like one on dumbbell press, and we did, we worked up to doing sets of like fifteen and seventeen on that progression with like a 35, 40 kilo dumbbell, but he was superseding that with pull ups for sets of twenty. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then doing assistance work up. up under, uh, after that and um, so you get these genetic freaks that yeah but, like... but he's the only guy I've had where I've pushed it to that extreme most yeah. people will only use it on upper body and furthermore on exercises with a low eccentric component yeah. so more push presses yeah or if you're doing it on a strict press it will almost be like a three quarter kind of movement just pumping yeah. them out yeah, yeah. That yeah. Is, that, is that to um, reduce it tight total time on tension yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're not um, frying the central nervous system yeah. trying to push over that like a, a second a, threshold like if, if you're more fast which you can't do that 40 to 70 mm. time on tension even if it's a set of 15 to 20 we need to keep it under sort of 30 40 seconds yeah if you take that back progress. to like sprinting that's the difference between a 400 meter sprint and 800 meter run um, you can't sprint to 800 meter yeah, and sprint 400 meters. That's like the maximum a human body can sprint for. So mm. if you look at that in terms of time, same with lifting, it's it's very similar. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Um, yeah. What else we got there? So we talked about um, beginners, advanced, rep ranges, maximum. What does that say? Oh, hypertrophy, strength. All of the differences in sets and reps. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we touched on that. Um, Let's go back over. So we're talking about some basic type programs Mm. and some very advanced type programs. Yeah. What's some other methods that you've picked up along the way? Like, uh, are you a big fan? Here's one I always get asked about. Do you use five by five? Um, I don't mind it. 
Um, I just um, it, it, it's a it's a middle ground. Yes, I, t- I tend to I tend to like extremes in case no in case no <laughs> so so I find it's a little bit too much in the middle um, where you're not you're not really doing a lot. It's it's just a, quite a basic stimulus. Um, if you're really strong, it can be a decent volume phase. That is, there's a lot of volume for you. Really, really strong. Yeah, yeah. a lot of um, a lot what. A lot of beginner guys come into the gym Ooh. saying they're doing a five by five. So it's a free program. And, and, and it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why. But Everyone does it. But, but, yeah. the, 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 but it's not a five by five program. It's a five by five workout they're doing. Yeah. Because they're doing it and simply trying to linearly add weight every week. Yeah. Whereas it, it can be a good workout in the context of an overall program. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you did um, that uh, deep water progression for two weeks I was talking about, then you go to a five by five, and then maybe a three by five that fourth week. It's awesome because you've hit that hypertrophy, oh, yeah. mm. and then you're getting a massive volume reduction, really pushing the weight, mm. and then we go back. Whereas if you're just doing the five by five, often I just see people hitting a wall because it's yeah. really, um, beginners need more than 25 reps to create enough stimulus because they're yeah. really lacking in hypertrophy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, were you going to say something, Joe? No, I was just going to say that's what, yeah. um, that's where it comes in that like you want to build that foundation like what yeah, we all said at exactly. the start you get yeah. a beginner in. Mm-hmm. It's like building a, a skyscraper. You want to lay a massive base that you can go high on. Yeah. And then if you think about strength being the height of the building and the hypertrophy being the sort of width of, of, of the base and the foundations, then, you know, you if you've got a beginner in, you want to build a nice wide base so then you can go up from there. Yeah, so what beginners are doing is in five by five, they're doing it out of ignorance and also laziness because yeah. they can't be bothered investing in a coach. They just think, oh, this magical set of red skips is going to be the solution to all my problems. Yeah. When in reality, it's just um, 25 reps at an intensity that is probably a little bit too high for a beginner, mm. yet not quite enough volume either. Yeah. So it's just, um, it doesn't quite hit the spot for beginners, um, yeah. but it ha- it's like, you can say that about any set and rep scheme. It's like, you can say the same about a 10 by 10. Yeah. If you do that to death, you're not gonna get great results. It's um, it's all about variability. The, the variability. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind bringing back onto RPE, and this is, a, mm. and failure in working to a point of what you can no longer lift. Yes. Um, and this is where I think a lot of people struggle with um, fear out of failing. Mm. Um, is, and this is a great teacher of strength. Uh, when you when you go to strength, yeah. like you know, hardcore type strength training, mm. where you're trying to get people to peak to a certain weight yeah. or hit a certain weight, it's like, how do you actually know that's an eight out of 10 if you've never had an 11, if mm. you've never tried yeah, for an 11 out of 10? Absolutely. Uh, and so, um, you know, I was coaching one of my clients yesterday, and she was like, I don't want to go heavy on my squat, that felt like 10 out out of 10 like how do you know yeah like, you've never yeah. failed yeah, yeah, yeah you've never failed your squat so yeah. you know um one being a coach teaching uh first building that trust but also two teaching a client how to fail a lift yeah safely i think that's a, that's where a lot of uh, coaches mm. uh, and trainers miss that point yeah is um teaching them how to fail safely and two also building that confidence to be able to push the new limits to hit a new pv because at the end of the day mm. you don't know how strong you are unless you fail yeah, like that's that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's it's a, it's a good point. Um, there was this um great little training block I did once where um I had to do did squats to failure plus partial reps. So, but I start obviously when you start a new block, you want to back off maybe ten percent. So I started at maybe like one sixty, be super conservative, and then I did like six to eight. And then did basically went um, kind of low, and then did partials, 
until my legs gave out and then had to dump the bar. And then I put took all the weights off, put it back on, did the same with 140, dropping the weight down. And um, it was really- Psychopathic. Really, really, <laughs> really tough. You're gonna do it for a short period of time. Yeah. But, um, you know, before that program, I was doing maybe 200 for like four. And after six weeks, I'm doing like sort of six to eight because I had, had learned how to push a lot harder. Yeah, and just yeah. get through that barrier. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, but in general, I, I do like momentum in training, keeping the bar moving fast, especially, and you can still work hard, but still keep the bar moving fast, not doing these grinding reps. But, yeah. Um, there's, there's a, a time and place. There's for definitely it, a time and a place yeah. for um, pushing it, especially yeah. if you're peaking someone for a competition, mm. because yeah. you know, they're gonna learn. They're gonna learn how to grind. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. If you if you really want that, you know, if you really want that, um, you know, like example is you really yeah. want that 200 kilo deadlift, and you've been stuck at 180. And it's like, have you really grinded? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have you really grinded yeah, enough yeah. to learn how to lift 200? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and definitely for small body parts like your, your you know your biceps, your calves. Yeah. that kind of thing triceps like those isolation movements um, yeah it, it can be um, very very beneficial to really push them to the limit Definitely. even do a few um, intensifiers force reps force reps like intensifiers yeah. partial reps drop sets I think yeah. that's where a lot of bros go a bit wrong in the mm. gym is taking big movements to failure too often yes and it's yeah. fine like you say single joint exercises less mm. taxing on the system overall yeah. less dangerous overall you can push them to failure more often and more frequently but yeah. uh, you know when they're just constantly taking their bench to failure and then next week it's like back to failure and then next week's back to failure it's like you get into that point yeah. now where you're just gonna hit a ceiling and you're not allowing enough recovery to then like super yeah. compensate from that yeah well I think um, with anything you just gotta like just gotta plan it out a bit better so yeah. see like yeah. a lot of these bros like they arbitrarily go into failure then doing force reps oh let's do a drop Whereas, okay, let's actually define in what rep range you want to go to failure, mm. then how many force reps you're going to do on top of that, and what's the manner you're doing those force reps. Are you just pumping them out, mm. or are you going to do slow eccentrics, and yeah. the, your partner's really going to help you up, mm -hmm. and then lower yourself? You know, I think you want, really want to, and then even the partial reps, say you do heavy set of six to eight, and then you hold the bench across the top, and then do six to eight partial reps. Just, mm. I think people need to, um, when they use these methods, um, quantify them a bit yeah. and make sure you record how many reps you actually got yourself so you can progress that part of the movement. Yeah, not just random yeah. shit. Numbers. Not just throwing, yeah. you know, shot, throwing shit at the wall hoping something's going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, you know, yeah. uh, like you said, planning, and this is where it comes down to periodization, which we haven't actually spoken yeah, about, yeah. which is probably a massive part mm. of uh, strength conditioning, yeah. is periodizing your clients and learning about the different cycles of training. Like, yeah. um, for any client that has a long-term goal for me, I always sit down and just write out a year mm. of training as a guide like it's yeah, not yeah. always going to go that way yeah. because shit happens but at least you've got an idea of where they should be at each point in each cycle whether yes. it's you know whether it's a body fat goal whether that's a strength goal or whether that's a percentage goal um you know roughly how far they're going to get down through that mm. track yeah um, and that also gives them a line so it's like you know for this four week block um we're going to be doing you know hypertrophy phase mm. the next four weeks it's going to be less volume more intensity yeah. Yeah. next week yeah. could be back hypertrophy but at the end of the goal this is where we're going to be so all these phases here bring you to that so yeah. that you know I find that helps a lot and that's where you, you, the records help absolutely yeah yeah yeah. just um, that which gets measured gets accomplished mm. and so, that's yeah that's yeah. something I spoke about recently mm. with someone that's like 
they were complaining about the hassle of having to write everything down and like track everything but then <laughs> all, like also the... complaining that maybe they're not seeing results <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah 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 so it's you're like problem. well you've got to you got to do something here like, yeah, exactly yeah you can't just like yeah. run around doing random shit and then just only succeed like i know yeah yeah well i think um it, it, it is irritating because um you don't actually see many a lot of successful people in the gym don't write anything down no no one like I'm, yeah. sh- I'm shocked at like um how many great bodybuilders strong men that i've met powerfuls they don't record shit. oh actual people that have succeeded oh, i'd say yeah, 90 percent right. of people do not record shit some of them will have a program they follow right but most of them don't record shit but the thing is um the most successful people the most successful people because they're talented yeah. not always because they've done everything right right um, but uh, yeah, it depends on the person like I actually don't record in the gym but I record when I get home and put it all in a spreadsheet yeah so it's what recorded you've done. mentally so um, and occasionally like if it's like a if I hit a weird number I'll jot it down so I don't forget it but yeah. most of the time I've got it written down and I'll just um I'll remember exactly what I did and then when, as soon as I get home I'll jot it down but yeah yeah, I don't have a, a logbook in the gym but it's still all recorded but yeah my, most most people I've known in my experience you see very, very few people in this day and age with a logbook it's like a yeah. it's like an artifact from the the, the 80s at this point you know? but even yeah. in the notes yeah. section I'm just like just write it in the notes section of your phone yeah yeah I hit well, you don't have to write I hit, but you just go four by ten at fifty, yeah, yeah, exactly. and then you know yeah. what you, and then you know next yeah. week when you come back to that session that you did four by ten at fifty yeah. last week. So, um, you know. is that your experience as well, Cash? You don't see many people recording their sessions. No, no, no. not many people do it. A lot of my clients don't as well. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I do it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I like to I like to always keep a record um, and testing again, like exactly, uh, you know, yeah. giving them an opportunity to test. Uh, yeah. You know, whether it's a five rep, a ten rep, or a one rep max. Yeah, yeah. Because that that gives them some idea. Um, again, like you get some methods that could be um, in a way very all over the shop like in different yeah. phases you could be doing like you know four by eight and next week you'd be doing four by six or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. And, and like again like that could still get a result or depending on the person and how hard exactly. it works so yeah, yeah. as much as programming and planning is is, is very important mm. um, the fact is that they just do the work mm. um, for the yeah. clients well I mean no one sometimes you've got to do a rotation and no one's that good that they can remember you know a set of lateral raises they did you know, two weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. you know, when, you, when you've yeah. done a machine, you've mixed it up and done a machine lateral this week, you know, no one's going to remember, yeah. but it all, it all counts. Definitely. Yeah. Like, so, and this is something that I, I struggled with myself going mm. between different phases, yeah. um, with between strength and hypertrophy blocks. Uh, and this is a good lesson too yeah. to learn for if you're a coach and learn to train the different phases don't go oh that shit that doesn't work for me it's like how can you make it work for you yeah, yeah. so a lot of the time I found mm-hmm. like the hypertrophy phases didn't do enough for me because it was too light and I was like well how yeah. can I make the same weight lighter so mm-hmm. an example of that might be pauses okay. so let's say same um, weight heavier you mean yeah, yeah so like we'll do the same yeah. same weight just make it longer time under tension yeah. the fact that it could be let's use a bench press for example yeah. so um, let's say your max is 100 and you can do 80 for like you know five reps yeah. let's say we drop that back instead of going and trying to do like force reps and stuff yeah. like that because that's 80% of your max you just put that much more load on your joints mm. and the risk worth reward of your joints or something breaking or tearing a pec or you know wrecking your wrist or popping a shoulder yeah. that's so high 
So how about you drop it back another 20% to 60% and do some pauses. So you might do a triple pause. You might, you know, on the way down, you do a pause at the top for five, mid pause five, and this is something I did with, um, yeah. done with you before, yeah. um, a bottom pause, and you come back up for the bottom the middle pause and top pause. And you yeah. do that to failure because that there, that's not gonna, that's not gonna pop your shoulder out. That's not gonna wreck it. So mm. learn to work within what's safe for your body as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta find what works for you. Like, um, you know, I, um, when I was first doing powerlifting, I had, um, very little upper body hypertrophy and um still I'm, doesn't st- <laughs> <laughs> and um <laughs> we'll see how the angle looks <laughs> Max has got the better yeah, angle yeah. <laughs> um but uh and you know my guys I had um you know spaghetti noodle arm syndrome and uh, I talked to the other guys at the Palace gym and I'm like yeah bro 10 by 10 this and that I was like alright so I tried you know 10 by 10 on biceps or um, like a bench press, and it actually um, regress. I'd get weaker. And then it was only when um, I did a course with Charles Polk and he was talking about the different neurotypes. Mm. Now some people need, um, to get a hypertrophy response, need to still do heavy weight, but use methods which force time and attention. So then I started to do, okay, let's do a set of five, rest 10 seconds, do three, rest 10, and you know, um, do a, do a set of eight to nine with a weight that's heavy for five. Yeah, and repeat that for multiple sets, or do a drop set five 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 yeah. five five. You know, or even um, I do you know multiple sets of th- three. Like you know, sometimes do crazy stuff like twenty sets of three on biceps with a with a really heavy weight and just short rest. Just uh, well, no long long rest really. Uh, just, five minutes. You know, like, yeah. like thirty kilo dumbbells. Yeah, yeah right. Sets of three and just lots of sets of three, and it was only then that I started to actually see some upper body growth was from those That's lower reps, but using high volume and and manipulating the time and attention but still maintaining a heavy weight yeah so yeah. the total time and attention that session would equate to if you've mm. done high reps less sets yeah yeah but yeah. for your type of neural type that worked a lot better in ways yes. of um, yeah. muscle growth and recovery yeah the only issue with that is um, it's extremely neurally taxing yeah. so um, it does make it a little bit harder to get some high pressure in but it, yeah. it, you can you just got to get it done yeah <laughs> and that's a, that's a really sorry you, yeah. you go oh well you just got to sleep more and eat more <laughs> to get, yeah and that's, that's <laughs> what I was just about to say is recovery um, yeah. that's probably the you know we've talked about the sets mm. we've talked about the reps we've talked about the yeah. training different methods yeah, yeah. and absolutely murdering yourself but all that's pointless if you're not recovering yeah. if you're not taking time you're not being mindful of how your body's feeling like there's yeah. times where you can be feeling a bit off and you can walk in and really smash a session yeah. and there's other times where you're just you feel like you're being hit by a train yeah. and you're trying to lift your warm up weight and you're yeah. like that feels like a 10 out of 10 so yeah. you're going to learn to um, and you guys would have experience with yourself and, and coaching clients you got to learn when to pull it back yeah. and when to give yourself rest um, what's some experience on that for you Max? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah huge on rest so um uh, so, something that um, a lot of people, uh, you know, when when um, I'm talking to someone and they're like, oh, you know, do you lift train and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do strongman. Like, oh man, you must be training like six, seven days a week. And I'm like, well, no. Oh, mate, people say that to me. Do they say that to you? Mm. Oh, Some people, people like, assume oh, I'm in the gym all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, train yeah, exactly. like five, yeah. six days a week to be that size. I'm like, no, no, fours, like fours at max. Yeah, it's like no, actually, um, three to four does it for me, and. Yeah. Um, any more is you're actually going to go backwards. And 20 hours sleep a day for you as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Essential, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, that, that's something, yeah, again, there's a whole... That mindset, especially in 
our culture is more work is better results when in actual fact there's only so much you're, you can recover from yeah exactly yeah. I um, am doing something at the moment with my program where I'm not working to a fixed week so in the past yeah. I've done you know Monday squat mm. day Tuesday yeah. bench Thursday's deadlift yeah. or whatever now I'm just doing uh, I'm just I've got my days it's a six day program that goes over an eight or a nine day cycle okay. depending on how much I want to rest yep. but sometimes it might take ten days because oh, I'm just okay. feeling yep. shit after a heavy yep. deadlift session yep. and I go I'm going to take an extra day's rest mm. and I, so it's not fixed like the problem with it is that it gets confusing because you don't know where yes. you are um, and if you're working to a set time frame of I need to be yeah. you know competition ready here it's not it's not ideal but I'm, I'm yep. not training for anything in particular so it's just like you know, I might do my three days back to back and then go, I'll have two days rest because I'm yeah. feeling exhausted after that. And then I might, you know, go four days and then go one day off and then I'm yeah. back in. So it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of doing this sort of auto-regulating of recovery and it's yeah. working really well. Yeah. Um, and I quite like it because it's just flexible. And I'm yeah, not yeah. like, you know, some some weeks I'm training on a Sunday, some weeks I'm not. And it's just sort of like going through the days. Yeah. Like there, there isn't, it's not like Monday has to be squat day again, um, which in the past sometimes has left me a bit too fatigued, especially for the deadlift yes. day. When I'm like, fuck, it's Thursday, I have to do deadlifts today. Yeah. And I don't want, and if I push it back, then my block's like out of sync, and then you go in and do it, and you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that session. So it's kind of like nice to have that sort of flexible, Mm. flexible thing. Um, And then one thing I wanted to touch on there as well is training in a calorie deficit is going to leave you less, like, give you less recovery than surplus. Like, so a lot of people come to the gym, like, I want to lose weight. And I want to get massive and strong. Mm, I want to get lean and massive and strong and, and, you know, train six days a week. It's like, well, you're in a deficit first. You know, there's no fuel coming in. Your sleep's already pretty shit as it is. Like, um, so, you know, you've got to like, you can't just get everything. Like you're saying, like people come in and they, they, they think more is better, more is better, more is better. Um, but it's not necessarily the case. Some people that are training six days a week would get better results if they dropped it to four, mm. organized their training a bit better and Absolutely. trained a bit harder per session. Yes. Um, which would produce better results. Well, um, what people want to have, say they train a certain day, number of days a week as a badge of honor. Yeah. And, um, you know, in reality, um, no one really cares how much you train. No, no, no one gives a shit. Most people don't care about you at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, but that's not the exactly, number one thing. True. The only person who really gives a shit about you is you, and maybe your mum. <laughs> but like, but like, on the back of mum. But um, but uh, uh, who cares if you train one day a week? Yeah. So long as you're getting better. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, exactly. That's um. That's awesome if you can train one two days a week and. And, and you're improving. You fucking good. If you look, if you look bloody jacked and you're lifting yeah. heavy, and you're training one, two days a week. Well, but um, I mean, <laughs> just see, it's unlike just because the 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 volume of the different muscle groups you need to target. It's kind of it just it's more of just a um, logistics thing. You really need it three or four days to hit that in. Really four, yeah. five, four, four to five hypertrophy. Yeah. But strength, you can do it in. You can in get two, it three, four. Three, yeah, three, yeah, four. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when you're talking about how many days a week should you be training, like I get people who come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been training last year five, five, seven days, or like you know, six, seven days a week. Yeah. yeah. Like, Have you made any progress? Like, no, no, but it works really well for me. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, tell me more about yeah, yeah. this. <laughs> tell me more about this magical yeah. thing that works really well for you that it hasn't made you any progress. No and they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you get you like learn how to dial back. And I was yeah. a big one for that when I started my um, about should be about. 
13 weeks ago now, so yeah. hypertrophy phase. And because I wasn't lifting so heavy, I was recovering really yeah. fast as well. Yeah. So my central nervous system wasn't getting hammered. Yeah. So I could keep pushing. But yeah. it got to a point where over eight weeks, um, also maxing out my bench press randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Me, but it got to a point where my it was a very slow deterioration yes. on my central nervous system compared to feeling mm. like previously on strength, I'd feel a difference week in, week out. Mm. This was like over eight weeks, I'd feel a deterioration yeah. of, my strength, uh, of my central nervous system and that affects, you know, mo- yeah. um, your um, central ner- uh, sorry, your thoughts, it affects your emotion, it mm. affects how heavy weights are feeling, yeah. the amount of reps, the amount of load you can handle. So what I, what I learned to do, and it's like I've actually never done before, was I, I took four days off training where I didn't even think about training. Yes. And that was, yep. a, that was a new one for me is learning to um, rest and not think about going to the gym and not thinking about mm. um, lifting and not thinking about percentages um, or my program and just enjoying living for a four days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah that, that made yeah, a big difference. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that was, um, uh, I think that was the concept you got from James. Yes, yeah, from yeah, yeah. Kelsey. So, um, yeah, yeah, so that, that was... Um, Brilliant. Well, um, so me and Cash both talked to James Newcomb about it. And yeah, he's on one of the podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So um, really, um, what's a good podcast? Do you want to listen to it? Um, just plug for Cash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, well, basically what he um, said was, if you're burnt out with training, take three, four days off, but recover hard. So, yeah. you know, your saunas, your massages, reading books, meditating. Walking, just walking, chilling, like listen to podcasts. You know, good food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and just not think about the gym, yeah. and then go back and hit it hard. I thought it was a really awesome concept. Um, yeah, yeah. And then um, if you're training hard, you should expect to do that sort of every, was it six eight weeks? Yeah, six eight weeks. Six eight yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Just um, take a block off. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. take take and like um, previously that used to mess up my mind because I used to program how you used to program mm. where I'd go okay this day I had to hit that day so if I take mm. four days off it means I'm four days behind and yeah, the next yeah. week's gonna be out and like yeah. just fuck with my brain so mm. I'll try to speed up my recovery. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, that's that's yeah, just completely it's yeah. not sustainable. Mm. You can't speed up something that needs to take time. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm even kind of finding um, four days a week is kind of working with thin for me. So next, um, you know, strongman season will start again. Events back in, I'll cut back to three days a week. You know, one off body day, one one deadlift day, an event day, and one squat day. Yeah. Right. And that's it. And just yeah. um, rotate through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually found that worked really well. Who was that for? Actually, uh, people that play other sports socially mm. outside of living, yeah. yes, I found got really strong off doing three days a week, yep. doing yep. three lifts, doing yep. that similar type of method where um, I can't, I think it was a West Side method. Now, I can't remember exactly yeah, who okay. came with the origin, but on um, day number one, it would be heavy squat, moderate bench, light deadlift. Mm-hmm. Day two would be um, heavy heavy bench, uh, moderate yep. squat, yep. Uh, sorry, moderate deadlift, light squat, and then that opposite yeah. effect on the yeah. third day. So doing all three yeah. lifts. Yeah. Um, so one, they're learning mm. the motor, they're learning the um, movement patterns, yeah. and they're getting that um, motor pattern recognition yeah. of the movements, um, and they're still hitting one heavy set every, yeah. um, one heavy exercise yeah. for each lift each week. Um, so that works obviously up to a point, but I found for people who might be playing soccer or they might play basketball, mm as a social thing yeah, yeah. they're still getting uh, a lot of other exercise in um, that word yeah. yeah yeah I mean um, you've got to um, yeah you got to have your training complement life rather than just destroy you yeah, the rest yeah. Of life, unless you your know? goal is to be the strongest powerlifter or yeah yeah exactly or yeah, like, yeah. You know, the um, aesthetic goal but um, yeah a lot of um, yeah a, client, a lot of clients don't understand that you're just going to keep on reiterating that um, you know 
we want to get results rather than just tick off some arbitrary number of days a week you think you need to train yeah. which has no scientific basis whatsoever or yeah. some hours it's just think, an emotion they've attached to it yeah, yeah. that well, makes them feel better well, um, about yeah I mean I had, had, a, had a, I've had um, a strongman client recently who was um, every week he was saying man um, I can't believe these sessions are only one hour I'm used to being in the gym for three hours and yeah. thrashing myself yeah it's like well you're on your phone most of the time uh. <laughs> I, I got a client similar sorry actually yeah, yeah. Karen Max oh yeah well no I was just saying it was just um, getting people out of that mindset if um, yeah you, you just can't um, you just can't be tied to some arbitrary number no. when you just only got to look at results and just be completely open to, I'm gonna use any process whatsoever to get there, any any training method that's out there to get the result I want. I'm not gonna be emotionally attached to yeah. a particular style of programming or exactly, a number of yeah. days. Cause, cause yeah. that, that's how you get stuck. Yeah. Just being fluid, uh, yeah. being fluid in your emotions on yeah. training because like you said, it is, it is complementary to you living your life. Like, what's the point of being strong if you're not strong in other areas of your life? Yeah. If you yeah. can't, you know, run, jump, um, sort yeah, of like yeah. maybe I don't, I don't run as much now. <laughs> but um, like, yeah. you, know, you should still be able to be, uh, and you went for a period about flexibility and yeah. I think you went for a period with um, like just general mindset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's such a, it's such a big thing to be flexible and have a solid, strong mindset. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like we said way back at the start, there's different periods of your life where certain things have to take a back seat. Absolutely, like when I yeah. first moved to Perth and I was yeah. trying to build a business here, I was like, well, training, I'm just going in to move. There's no yes. set program. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to like do what feels good on the day. Mm. I'll only want it to take an hour because I've got loads of shit to do at home. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would just go in and make stuff up and just be like, oh, I haven't done pec deck in a while. I'm going to smash this out. Or I yeah. gonna, um, and then other times I'm like right where I'm at now, I'm starting to eat more calories again. I want to get a bit mm. more focused on my training. I'm like, all right, well, let's get focused. Let's, let's like, make it take up more of my mind and my life yeah. uh, because I want it to. Whereas yeah. there's times in your life where other shit's going on and you go, training's got to take a back seat for six months while I build this or yeah, I do yeah. this other thing. Oh, absolutely. That was, um, that was basically the reason that I failed as a personal trainer because I wasn't willing to put my training on a back seat. Yeah. Was, um, which, if you want to, it can, uh, you can get great results, um, you know, like you guys in your training, but... Um, if you actually want to build a successful PT business that first six months to a year, your training is to be on maintenance mode. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And a lot of people have just got to accept accept that. That um, most PTs, they should probably only be training two or three days a week for that first six months. And then once they've actually got that client base, they're like, okay, I'm getting a little bit more sleep now because I'm not hustling 12 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now I can actually focus on myself. But um, a lot of people are just going to bite the bullet and... Um, you know, you need to be out there on the gym floor and, you know, getting, bring people in, yeah. make yeah. posting every day. Yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of people think that um, it's just going to be fun times. Training all the time. Training all the time. I mean, it's exactly what you talked about in our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of PCs that end up not training. Yeah, because they're like so busy with their clients. Exactly. But you don't want to do that either. No, because they set the example. Yeah, yeah. You got to lead like like with the sign says at the front, like walk the talk. Yeah. So you can't get to that point. So there's there's like has to be a balance of you
Um, because otherwise one gets neglected. If you're just so obsessed about your own training, you go, fuck, I can't pay the bills this month. Like, I've got exactly. zero clients yeah. because I'm just yeah, all yeah. about me. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, all right, I'm fucking all in with my clients. Yeah. And you go, shit, I look like shit because <laughs> I haven't trained yeah. in six months. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that was completely immoral because like there was, um, I was training multiple times a day trying to be a PT, um, you know, trying to, uh, when, you know, ending up winning WS Strongest Man um, that first year, year I was seriously being a PT. Yeah. But my, um, PT business was an absolute piece of shit <laughs> because it's just all about your training yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah exactly and it yeah. takes up so much of your emotional mm. like your emotions and your mind and your energy and everything yeah, and your physical absolutely. energy because you're exactly. just like I need to win this competition or whatever yeah so then all your clients are like hello I'm over here <laughs> <laughs> what about my program like, fuck off <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm um, sleeping no, I, I gave a good service to clients that you have I just didn't have many clients yeah so okay. I, I wasn't putting the, the work in you know because like um, you know on a Saturday I'd be um doing like a a stone session doing squats going home sleeping then coming back doing squats and stones again twice twice in one day um and then yeah. sunday you're, you're pretty you're pretty wrecked so you're not doing social media posts yeah <laughs> and then your business just goes yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's pretty much it guys that wraps it up yeah. uh, is there anything else you guys want to say um no uh thanks again for having me on the podcast cash and no worries. thanks for great on, to Max. finally meet joe yeah, and yeah. Uh, talk shop. Even though he was twenty five minutes late, <laughs> it's Max's shout for lunch now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'll chuck uh, Joe's um, his business uh, profile and his personal profile under the um, description in the podcast. Same with Max. I'll chuck his information yep. on there. Please reach out to them and contact and check out what they do. They have some awesome stuff. They have some awesome content. So please go check that out. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank yeah. you very much. All right.